wonderful. Thank you, ladies. That was good, wasn't it? Oh, wonderful. Thank you, ladies. John chapter 1, please. John chapter 1, open your Bibles again. I want you to look with me, if you will, in the first three verses. Mark your Bibles in the Gospel of John chapter 1. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, all things were made by Him, without Him was not anything made that was made. Mark your place, turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Verse number 1, the Bible says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 26, please. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. I'm going to preach tonight on this subject very simply. And yet it's so important that it stays lodged in our mind and is a controlling truth in our lives. Jesus, the Word of God. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless in the preaching of your Word. My, how my heart has been blessed by the singing and the fellowship tonight. My heart has been blessed by answered prayers. My heart has been blessed by the reports of the great, great numbers of people that have been in Sunday school and church and the great number of children and teenagers. Thank you, Lord, that there is a group of people who love others enough to give up so much of their time week after week to reach them and tell them the greatest story on earth and to remind them week after week that God loves them. Thank you for the many that have come to know you as Savior this week. Lord, thank you for those saved today, those saved in personal soul winning. How wonderful the week has been. And now, Lord, help us as we come to the preaching of your word tonight. Bless the message as it's heard here in this auditorium. And then as it's heard across the nation and even the world tonight. And those that are watching, I pray that you would use it to accomplish your will. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The Gospel of John was written by John when he was an older man. The year of the writing is somewhere around 85 A.D. The Gospel of John was the last of the four Gospels to be written. By the time the book of John was available, the other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they were common among the people. Throughout the known world, people had the accounts of the life of Christ as recorded by Matthew, Mark, and the physician Luke. The first three Gospels are called the Synoptic Gospels, or they are seen together. They record many of the same stories and same teachings, but from a different viewpoint or a different paradigm of life. The book of John is different, though it is one of the four Gospels. And in this wonderful book, we see a side of Christ that the other writers do not touch. 
John was a part of that blessed inner circle of disciples. A handful of disciples that were actually with Christ during some of his most intimate moments. Now all the disciples were there a majority of time, but you'll find that that inner circle was there. And a few intimate events that took place that only John could see and witness and then record in the gospel. John gives us 21 chapters that present a new facet of the divine character of the Lord Jesus. And in the first chapter, John paints a picture of Jesus as the Word of God. It does matter that you do have a Bible. It does matter that you have the complete Word of God, and I believe with all of my heart, and I'll teach on it quite a bit in the next semester and in church, I believe God has preserved His inspired Word in the King James Bible. I'll not go into the teaching of why I believe that tonight, but I do believe that with all of my heart. If you just look at one example of the 2,000 word changes or omissions from the King James Bible to the New International Version, if you read them in comparison, it would leave you confused. And God did not give his Bible to bring confusion. He gave his word to edify us and strengthen us our faith in him. There are three things I want to give you tonight about Jesus and the Word. First of all, Jesus existed before the world. Jesus existed before the creation of mankind. Now, we are at the time of Christmas, and that's when Christ became man, but that is not the beginning of his existence. This is elementary to many who have studied the Bible and have been Christians for a long time, but it certainly is not a common knowledge in our world today. Many believe that Jesus, of course, was just a good man and just a prophet that came and represented God, but Jesus himself existed, as we already read, in John chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 1. He existed before the creation. In fact, Jesus himself is eternal. He did not come into being in Bethlehem. He has been here throughout eternity past. Bethlehem is when he took upon himself the form of flesh or the form of a servant. And I want you to take your Bibles tonight and I want you to use it as we look at several passages in just a moment. Be ready. Mark your Bible in John chapter 1 and then we'll look at several passages. The Bible tells us in John 1, 1 uh, that Jesus was with God at the creation. He was present in the heavenlies with God the Father and yet he stands as a distinct person, as a distinct individual. When you look at Genesis 1 and verse number 2, you see the entire trinity that is present before the creation. You see God the Father, you see God the Son, and you see the Spirit as the Spirit moved on the face of the waters. Jesus was there when God moved to make man in his own image. When God said in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 26, Let us... 
plural pronoun, speaking of more than one, talking of himself, uh, his son, and the spirit. Let us make man in our own image, and man was made body, soul, and spirit. Jesus was there in heaven when the plan to redeem the world was made before the foundation of the world. I want to say that again because many folks think that it was a mistake and that man fell and God had to figure out how to redeem man. No, sir. God's plan of salvation was given before the foundation of the world. Take your Bibles and go to Revelation chapter 13 and verse number 8. Revelation chapter 13 and verse number 8. If you can't keep up with me in the uh, verses, perhaps you can uh, uh, jot them down and read them later. Revelation chapter 13, verse number 8, the Bible says, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain. Notice this now. The Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. It was the will of the Father that Jesus would come he would come not just to live a sinless life, not just to fulfill the law, but he came to die. Uh, the Bible said he was slain from the foundation of the world. Go back to Ephesians chapter 1, if you will, please. Ephesians chapter 1. And we're saying tonight, according to the word of God, uh, we're saying that Jesus is eternal. He always has been, and praise God, he always will be. Ephesians chapter 1 verse number 4, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Don't let that phrase chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary was shed to redeem every man born into this world, that every man could go to heaven. Hell was not created for man. It was made for the devil and his angels. Uh, you'll be an intruder in hell if you go to hell because God intends for every man whosoever to come to him for salvation. Take your Bibles and go to the book of Titus chapter 1. Uh, Titus chapter 1. And I want you to notice in verse number 2. Titus chapter 1 verse number 2. In hope of eternal life. Don't let the word hope cause you to think that's a wish. That is a security. Uh, but the word hope has a question as to how and when. I may not understand how and they may not understand when. But if God said it, it is going to take place if it hasn't already. In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Now, 1 Peter chapter 1, please. Uh, you're in Titus, in Hebrews, James, in 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 19. The Bible says, and I'll just warn you ahead of time, you may want to put your spiritual seatbelt on. It says right here, But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest or made visible, was manifest in these last times for you. Look at verse number 18. For as much as you know that ye were not redeemed with 
corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. Ah, but it was with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without a spot who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world. Salvation was not given as an afterthought. Salvation was the plan of God. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now when Jesus came, he came to reveal God, and he came preaching. I want you to take your Bibles and go to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, and I want you to see why Jesus came. We understand that Luke says uh, he came to seek and save that which was lost. Uh, Mark chapter 1, verse number 15 Mark chapter 1, verse number 15. We'll look at verse number 14. After that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Jesus was a preacher of the gospel. What is the gospel? The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And for by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Jesus came preaching, verse number 15, saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye, and believe the gospel. When he began to heal and perform miracles, men thought he was a prophet sent by God, John 3, 2. When he spoke the word of God with power, people thought that he was amazing, and they marveled at his words, Mark chapter 6. However, when Jesus claimed and when he proclaimed that he was God in the flesh, listen to me now, that separated what people thought about Jesus. And I want you to understand tonight, if you think Jesus was just a prophet, if you think he was just a priest, if you think he was just a good man, you've missed the whole mark. Jesus was that, but he was more. Jesus was God in the flesh. And in John chapter 19, when he declared that he was God that had come in the flesh, they began to reject him, and he stopped being a blessing, and he became a controversy. John chapter 14 and verse number Nine. Sadly, men today still have a difficult time with this truth. Many are willing to accept him as the humble Christ, the teaching Christ, the meek Christ, the dead Christ, the serving Christ. Ah, oh, but he's more than that. Take your Bibles and go to 1 Timothy uh, chapter 2. Notice what the Bible says. Back to those T books, 1 Timothy uh, chapter 2. And you've got to see this one now if you've given up. Uh, start all over again. 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 15. I'm sorry, verse number 5. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 5. Not only was he Christ, not only was he God in the flesh, he is the only mediator between God and man. The Bible says, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 5, for there is one God. Do you see that? All of the gods are a small g, and they're made by man. And how sad it is to have to carry your God and set him up. How sad it is that folks have to carry their God and set him up and then pray to him. I'm glad I don't have to carry my God when he saved me. He put me in the palm of his hands. He's been carrying me ever since. And the Bible said there's one mediator between God and man, and that is the God-man, Christ Jesus. 
The Bible says in verse number 3, I want you to go back to John chapter 1, that this Jesus is the Word of God. Look at it, John chapter 1, verse number 3. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. You see, it was his Word that spoke, and the birds began to fly. It was his word that spoke in the waters and the dry land that were separated. It was his word that spoke and there came a firmament that separated the clouds from the atmosphere that we live in. It was his words that he spoke. Oh, listen to me, this is not just a book. Though it contains history and chemistry and biology and everything you can imagine, this is more than a book. This is the very Word of God. The Bible says, uh, John came to tell us that Jesus was uh, the Word. He spoke and it was. He stood on the edge of nothing and spoke everything in this world into existence. And when you take these truths together, you understand that Jesus is the pre-existent Word of God. I declare to you tonight, Jesus always has been. He is today seated at the right hand of the Father, and He always will be. There never has been a day, there never will be a day throughout eternity that does not include Jesus. He is the pre-existent person and Word of the living God. I want to say number two, He's the personal word. I like this. Look at verse number 14. He's the personal word. And the word, which is eternal, settled in heaven, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Hold your place there. Go to the book of 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. First John chapter 5. The Bible says, verse number 8, And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men... The witness of God is greater. Please make note of that. For this is the witness of God which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. That ye may know that you have eternal life. And that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. How did God become a man? Well, the Bible says, God said, God chose a virgin by the name of Mary. 
she conceived of the Holy Spirit of God and she brought forth a baby. And on that night when Jesus was born, God was veiled in flesh and he came to the earth and the word became flesh. When Jesus himself had existed, while Jesus himself had existed from all eternity's past, he took upon himself a robe of flesh there in Bethlehem and the creator was born to the creature. God placed his life in the hand of mortals and the Bible says that the word dwelt among us. It literally means that Jesus pitched his tent here among mortals. He lived among us. He worked among us. He prayed among us. He suffered among us and he died among us. God walked upon this earth and was unrecognized by many who came into close contact with him. The word was made flesh and that word made carries the meaning to appear in history or to step out of eternity and on the stage of human history he came a tangible proof he came a tangible proof of the existence of God and of God's willingness to save mankind Jesus came to this world to reveal God to reveal God's love to reveal God's purpose to man that he's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance and that one day in glory we'll enjoy the glories of heaven the beauties of heaven and the presence of God for all eternity John wrote these words we beheld his glory John actually saw the glory of Jesus in a very real sense in Matthew 17 John along with James and Peter uh, Peter accompanied Jesus upon a mountain and there Jesus allowed the veil of his flesh to be pulled aside and he revealed to them the glory that was concealed beneath however the greatest glory was revealed the day he allowed himself to be nailed to a cross and died for sinners and the Bible says but God commendeth his love God how through his son commendeth his love toward us and that while we are yet sinners Christ died for us I am thankful for the day that my father and mother gave me a Bible in the home not only did I have a Sunday school to attend, they gave me a Christian education so that I would have a biblical worldview. So everything I learned, I learned through the lenses, lenses of what God said. If God said it, I believed it. If it went against what God said, I didn't believe it because God didn't say it. I looked at history through the word of God. I studied the book of Daniel and I saw how he prophesied uh, the empires that would rise and that would fall. And as I began to study uh, the empires of the world in history, I said, I know it's true because that's exactly what the Bible says in the book of Daniel. 
and the behavior of nations and the behavior of people. I've never been surprised, and I'm not surprised now, at the anti-Semitism toward Israel because I know according to that book right there what's going to happen. In fact, there's a peace in my heart and a peace accompanied by joy to not only know what's going to happen but to know that God's in control and one day there's going to be a coronation of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and he came to the Jew first but thank God he opened the door for the Gentile to come and to be a part of his family and oh dear friend as I look at history and I look at prophecy I see it through the word of God I I looked at science through the word of God I believe what the science teacher said when he said God made man I agreed with the biology that agreed with the Bible But in that sixth grade class, when the teacher began to talk about this theory of evolution, I said, that's not true. Because that's not what God said. Man didn't evolve from a lower animal life. Man was created by God himself. I don't care what kind of degree the teacher had. I don't care what university he graduated from. I don't care who the professors were or who the scientists were that taught them. If the Bible said it and God said it, I believe it. If the Bible doesn't say it or say the opposite, I don't believe it. I don't judge the Bible by what scientists discover. I judge the scientists by what God has said. And I want to tell you something, and you look right here and listen to me. If you don't believe it because God said it, If you don't believe it because God said it, it won't matter what others say. I'm not convinced of God's existence because of science. I'm not convinced of God's existence because of biology. I'm not convinced of God's existence because of history. I'm convinced of God's existence because God gave his son and revealed himself that yes, there's a God in heaven that gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse number 18, Jesus was the preaching word of God. Jesus came to reveal God to man. Look at verse number 18. John chapter 1. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. The word declare means to unfold. You ever seen something, you wonder what it was, and you unfolded it? You ever seen a piece of money and you wondered what it was? You're looking for the picture of the number, so you unfolded it. Jesus came to declare. He came to unfold and unfold and unfold. I was amazed at the first fold and more amazed at the second as he unfolded and unfolded as he declared God to us. Everything the Lord did was an effort to unfold more of the revelation of God to man. Men needed to see God not just as a lawgiver, but to see him as the lover of man's soul. We need to see not only God as judge, but Christ as the justifier. We need to see not only 
a strong and a stern being. Oh, but we need to deceive that saving, caring God that we learn through the person of Jesus Christ. And Jesus did this in his life as he revealed God to man. The Bible tells us that he came to proclaim life. The Bible says that he came to proclaim light. That he came to give light and he came to proclaim life. Now the light will accomplish one of two things. It will either cause men to repent of their sins and run to the open arms of God or it will cause them to reject the light and continue their course of darkness. One leads to salvation. The other leads to damnation. I am thankful for the day that I heard that wonderful and blessed gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I realized I don't have to live in darkness. I don't have to live in worry and wonder what's going to happen to me when I die. The light of the gospel was shined in my heart and I accepted Christ as Savior. And I know that when I take my final breath, I know that when my heart stops beating, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I'll be gone from this earth. Oh, but I'll be in the wonders of heaven. That's what the light of Christ came to show. And that's the life that, that Christ came to give. And what is the most sad verse in the Bible? Verse number 11 said, He came to his own, and his own received him not. However, verses, however, verse 12 and 13 is made clear that anyone who will respond to the light of God will experience the new birth and will enter into eternal life. Look at it, verse number 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And this is what Peter was saying in 1 Peter 1, which were born not of blood, John chapter 3, that's the natural birth, nor of the will of flesh, it's not by my work or my righteousness, nor of the will of man, the church can't put me in, not the will of a pastor, a priest, but of God. <laughs> that just gives me a security to know, thank God, I wasn't saved because of a church, wasn't saved because of my desire. I wasn't born again because of what I wanted. I was born again by the power of God and hear me well. The power that spoke this world into existence, that's the same word that gave me the promise. If I believe, if I receive, I can have eternal life. And just as sure as I know this world's in existence, I know I'm a child of the King. Why? Because I have God's word on it. Now in the coming year, especially in the first quarter of the year, I'm going to be preaching on, I'm going to be emphasizing the importance of the word of God. If you want to know God, there are two things that will help you to know God. One is the word of God and the second is the Spirit of God that is in you. Don't you say to yourself, I can't understand the Bible. doesn't matter what you understand. It's what, it's what the Spirit understands and will teach you if you'll study to show yourself approved. Are you listening to me? 
Let's go ahead and decide tonight. You're going to hear me say it as we go through the month of January. Let's go ahead and decide tonight. I'm going to get to know God in a more personal way in 2024. And the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to read more and more of the Word of God. I'm going to yield to the Holy Spirit of God. And I'm going to learn about the great God who not only created the world, but gave His Son that I could have eternal life. Stand with me, if you will. Thank God that Jesus, the Word, became flesh. Heavenly Father, thank you for Christmas time. How wonderful it is. There's so many truths. There's so many truths. There's so many wonderful things that we go back to the day, the time that you were born. It was a fulfillment of so many prophecies. And Lord, 